We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm Kirk Henderson, and you're joined by me and Ben Zadell. We uh, are coming to you at about... 11 o'clock on Friday night following the Dallas Mavericks falling to the Golden State Warriors in game two of the Western Conference Finals, 126 to 117. Ben, how you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to air grievances. So An airing of grievances. Very good. So for anybody that didn't watch the game, the Mavericks played very well in the first half, had very good process, and then kind of the opposite of what happened in the first quarter in game one, where instead of missing all their shots, they hit all their shots, and it was uh, fairly successful. Uh, but to start the third quarter, for some reason, they went away from every single thing that worked. Jason Kidd allowed a prolonged Golden State Warriors run. And the Warriors came back to take the lead early in the fourth quarter, never gave it up. And the Mavericks walked away with a pretty embarrassing loss after at one point being up by 19 points. So, Ben, where do you think we should start? Uh, I, I think the the adjustments in going into the second half, starting in third quarter, where they just completely got away from everything that they were doing in the first quarter. Uh, I you know I brought it up in the Slack. There's this weird fascination that they have with getting Luca isolated on another team's center, which they did. So they just kept going back to that in the third quarter against Looney. And I'm guessing they have some sort of, you know, inside numbers that they're not sharing with anybody that that's a good possession. Um, but I hate it that it doesn't, you know, the eye test doesn't work for me. I, I just don't like it. I haven't liked it against Gobert. I didn't like it against Aiton and I don't like it against Looney, which is crazy, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And I don't know why they went away from what was working in the first half. 
Yeah, and they had been hunting Curry really, really hard with a lot of success. They hunted Clay Thompson really hard to a lot of success. I mean, they were up. They, they scored 72 points in the first half and then scored 13 points in the third quarter. And I don't think the Warriors did anything astronomically different on defense other than the Mavericks shot themselves in the dick. Yeah, it it is again just I, I don't know. I'm very frustrated. I had all these nice talking points from the first half, nice and organized, and now it just turned into a blind rage in the second sure. half. Well, because I mean, they, uh, they yeah. went over like like to, to give people context, the Mavericks or I'm sorry, the Warriors at one point, starting in the second quarter, and I'm pretty sure went through all the way through the third quarter and into part of the fourth quarter, the Warriors went on an extended 51 to 25 run okay where they slowly hammered the mavericks to death um because they're a good offensive team as well and jason kidd used one timeout now i have been effusive in my praise of jason kidd this year after being really hard on the hiring okay this is his post-game quote warriors are good we got great looks, but we have to understand when you miss three or four looks from three, you have to get in the paint in the free throw line. Okay, here's an idea. Call a timeout right. and say that. Yeah. This, you know, this whole learning on the play. fly stuff, it, it's, I, I don't know what well, to do with it. There was there was a preview of this in the late in the first quarter where the Warriors went on a 13-0 run mm-hmm. and he didn't call it took him until 13-0 to before he called a timeout. And again, you know, there there's something to be said that you know it was really cute, you know, three or four days ago when he said this little, you know, remark about Carlisle calling timeouts, you know, when a team would go on a 2-0 run or a 4-0 run. Like that's cool, man, but like now you've, you know, you've seen the opposite of the fact, you know, it, we need to have a little bit of moderation. Like, I understand you don't want to call a timeout, you know, at a 2-0 run, a 4-0 run, ha, ha, ha. But you can't let a team, especially a team like the Warriors, who really just seems to run on momentum sometimes, uh, get on a run like that. So, and especially in the playoffs, the margin of, of error is just so thin. I mean, like, you can lose these games just on slight little turns. And this isn't the, you know, like a late January game where you're just like, well, I just want to see the guys, you know, how they react to it and see if they can work their way through it. Well, you know, like, no, this is not the time for that. You've got at best, you know, two games or at worst two games left in the season at best, you know, how many. And and I appreciate the concept because one thing we have to at least admit is that Rick Carlisle called some timeouts that were like, like Dallas momentum killers and Luca hated it. Nothing like there was one in game three at home against the Clippers that probably like it was a it was a a pivot point for the entire series. And Luca knew it Um, just like there's a pivot point tonight when it's just like, guys, like, what are we doing? And, and, you know, there there were other like, well, we're kind of here because this this whole loss, like it, it I'm trying to think how to frame this because people really get on me when I'm not criticizing and what they view as the proper order and so what i'll say is that the terrible offense then pivoted directly into god awful defense for specific mavericks one luca who got targeted ruthlessly again and got cooked and two really surprisingly maxi kleber who had one of his worst performances in extended minutes that I can remember. He played 33 minutes, was one of five, had one rebound, one assist, two blocks, one steal, was a negative 20. Like he, he was, he was awful. 
Yeah, he looked like the Maxi that we were seeing back in March when we were like, man, is you know, this guy's not going to be playable come the postseason. Um, he got some time off, so it may just be an energy thing where he's just worn out because they ask so much from him. Uh, but that, it, yeah, it just beating, I mean, like, and not just him, everybody was getting beat off one dribble off the perimeter, and that got them, you know, talk, the, the blender situation going with, with the Warriors. They were just getting over, you know, they were having to over rotate because people were just late. Um, getting to the next guy and you could just see it there how i mean like you could probably count off the top of your head like i bet eight just really easy dump offs down in the dunker spot where just a you know quick little easy layup for the warriors it was just just easy for them um, and it started off with so many guys getting beat on that first dribble and maxi yeah like i said it, it gave me flashbacks to march when he just looked exhausted and just beat um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're starting to see that again. I mean, he's, they ask a ton from a guy. He's, he's, he's a bigger dude and they ask a lot of perimeter defense from him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we lose sight of that, that he is kind of a, you know, he's a big and, but he plays a lot of perimeter defense and that's tough. Well, and, and so this also pivots back into the kid. Why aren't you calling a timeout thing? Because he sort of look, and you can tell from the post game quotes, kid is like, abdicating responsibilities like he, he just gave one i was i was on landon thomas's page since uh our man likes to is very good at giving us post-game quotes um so i don't have to go do that work you can't always ask a coach to call a timeout we believe in the team to execute sometimes you have to put the ball in the basket to stop a run if you're not getting stops on the other end it's a blowout but here's why that's a bullshit answer you can call a timeout to go get a basket and you can call a timeout to stop a like to help stop a basket. Right. Like they were and, getting carved up. That, well, that just that makes me think of office space with with you know the what would you say you do here then because we we know that Sweeney's calling a lot of the defense and that Igor is calling a lot of the offense. Sure. And so what what exactly is kid doing if he's not there to call timeouts and just kind of get the you know as the we like to say get the vibes right. And, so. and everybody's allowed to make mistakes and have bad games. Yep. It's just when you go to when you go from really smoking a team on offense to scoring 13 points in the third, that is a a thing that falls on everyone. Only kid I think has probably the most direct means to figuring out how to get an easy basket because there were just some decisions tonight from the from the coaching staff that I flat out can't understand. I just well, cannot understand some of this stuff. Like yeah, go go ahead. Because well, I'm just all yeah. over the place. Well, they were great in the uh, and, you know in that that's once they got rid of Porzingis, you know that that February trade leading up through March, they were great at, at you know after timeout plays. I mean, I, I don't remember the exact statistics, but they were top three or something like that in the league at getting a basket after a timeout. Um, so that's again the you know, he's talking about you know I don't need to call a timeout every time or something like that. Like you know, well you know if it's a 13-0 run whatever the run was in the third quarter that they got going, you know, like that's a time to call it, you know, get your timeout and get you a basket. Uh, You know, we can argue back and forth about is momentum real or not. But I mean, I think in basketball, it really is, man. Mm -hmm. Like, especially again, especially a team like the Warriors, like they like to shoot a lot and just, uh, you know, if you know anything about basketball, shooting is a lot about rhythm and stuff like that. And, and just, you know, get these guys out of a rhythm. Sometimes just taking that time out can just slow them down and make them think a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, like I said, again, that's what he's there for. So, you know, it's really be, between the timeouts and then the weird 
decision making to go ISO on Looney so often, despite the fact it did, you know they tried it last game a little bit and it didn't work. You know it didn't work in the third. And there was no reason. You know the whole if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I don't know. You know what exactly was going on there. I, I don't like it. If, they, if it's something with Luca, where Luca is like, no, I want to do this. I want to go ISO on Looney. Which then like maybe, maybe you, the we, yeah, maybe we, we maybe don't know that. But that's again that goes back to that's that's kid's job. Mm-hmm. to convince his superstar that that's not the best way for him to succeed. And, you know, maybe maybe after tonight, you know, he can. You know, maybe that was the evidence that he needed to present Luka. So, I mean, it's it, it's still a long way to go. This game sucks. Um, but as we've seen, there's still a long way to go. So maybe some lessons were learned tonight. That's what you can hope for. Uh, rather than, you know, at the end of all my complaining about Jason Kidd and Luca wanted to do, hunt Looney for some reason. Oh, uh, when again, like like you said, there was so much success on, on Curry, they were getting him in foul trouble. Um, you know, just again, I hope there were lessons learned tonight. Well, and, and here's the issue here's an here's a question that I have that both I, I lay at kids' feet, but also am not as mad as I was in game about it. But the like having to play Frank Nilakina yeah. for ten, for four minutes, where this fucking guy shot three times, missed all three, and was a negative ten in four minutes, is part of the challenge that he that kid has as a coach because he's trying to save minutes for somebody. I don't know who because Spencer Dinwiddie only played twenty two minutes tonight. He was terrible. We'll get to him in a second. And then in the second half, he tried Josh Green. And Josh Green, kid, uh, I remember Luca got into kind of a weird post up. I think it was on Looney, and um, Josh Green is in the far right corner, top of the screen for those of you watching on TV. And Curry came to the elbow. That's how far away and how much they didn't give a shit about Josh Green. And so for kid to play Josh Green is at once crazy, okay? Yeah. Because he has he knows this. He has to know this. We know now. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you know, this is the kind of roster construction issue where they gave Jason Kidd a not ready basketball player. Like yeah. Josh Green has significantly more fouls, I'm pretty sure, than he has points in the postseason. <laughs> wow. Watching him play is wild. I mean, like at, at certain point during the Sun series, I absolutely lost it on him. I, I, I was maybe holding out a 10% hope that maybe this guy could play basketball for them and maybe he can go somewhere else and develop uh, you know under a ton of garbage time minutes somewhere that's fine but it's not going to happen with the Mavericks at all I 100% like I I'm fine with that like it's not going to happen they're going to have to move on from that so it, it, it there's no you know yeah I understand you're desperate for those minutes but again that was your counter argument to that was you know Dinwiddie only played 22 minutes I don't know why you know he's pulling a coach bud and trying to like save the you know like you said save these minutes for people so i mean like play just don't have dimwitty off the floor you know if you can help it i mean yeah, well and then as he's far another as the back guy, of minutes he's another guy who i, I spencer Dinwiddie. let's just read a stat line here 22 minutes two of six from the floor he shot two threes so he he, he had four two-point attempts he also had four steals two assists and then the crushing number four turnovers Spencer made some really bad decisions. Uh, at one point, he had four turnovers in like 12 minutes, and so he finally settled to a degree. But Spencer was – I don't understand. Like, 
it, it looked like 2020 Dallas Mavericks basketball where the ball's moving around the perimeter and no one wanted to attack the lane. Spencer yeah. had an opening at one point where he hesitated, then pulled back and shot a bad three-pointer didn't go in. And I, I just, the, the Mavericks need more out of Spencer. I'm not going to crush him because there's other guys that really, you know, deserve it more, frankly. But I just, I don't know what he was thinking on a number like he had limited opportunities and he made so many mistakes and that's just disappointing yeah the weird thing was Dinwiddie if you'd asked me going into this postseason uh how Dinwiddie would play bad I would have said it was because he was like of overconfidence that he was trying to do too much getting outside of his role and trying to be a bigger star than he is and it's been the complete opposite he looks completely just baffled by the playoffs uh, the moment looks too big from him, except for like game six and seven uh, Well, game six of the jazz series. And then game six and seven of the sun series. That's, that's the Dinwiddie I thought we would see. Like I said, I thought if he was going to be making mistakes, it was going to be because of being over aggressive. And instead at least games one through five so far, it's been because he's been too passive. Um, you know, he, he's not the shooter. He, he, that's not the strength of his game is shooting three pointers, getting into the paint and and finishing and, you know, kind of making plays in the paint uh, is where he thrives. And he just doesn't do that. And there's, yeah, you talked about, you know, just so many times a ball would come to people and, and they just don't want to do anything with it. They don't want to, they don't want to shoot it. They don't want to drive. They just pass it on to the yeah, next the guy. Kina and Josh green ones almost killed me. Now I, yeah. I'm kind of okay with Josh green, not dribble, dribbling at all. Uh, because he's just he's such a chaotic player where it's like when he dribbles from the corner he's just as apt as he is to throw it to the other team as he is to actually take a layup Frank Nokina had two dunks if he just drove in like there was no one underneath the hole and he took two threes and it was like what is happening yeah Somebody, somebody else. I want to say it was Brunson, possibly, or maybe it was Dimwitty. Which I'm not going to crush Brunson too much because hmm. he was the only other guy who showed up besides Brunson. Lita. Did his deal. I, I think <laughs> yeah. we should at least try to end on some happy talk to where I was talking a little bit about Brunson and a little bit about Luca's at least kind of finding a, some elements of offense. Yeah, they were they were incredible. My only concern, like I said, somebody had an easy, like I said, another an easy layup, and at some point I was just like, man, are they allergic to the rim? It's like they've trained their brains to think for the three-pointer first rather than whatever basket is easiest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that shows up sometimes. But, yeah, Brunson was incredible. Um, he's He's been the only consistent player outside of Luca, really. I mean – Well, here's uh, where he did – here's where he mattered in a big way, not just – so he, obviously 31-7-5, and five, pretty fantastic, right? But what I've been killing him on, not – well maybe that's a little too harsh, but one of the things I'd wanted to see was him to willingly take threes because he's a good three point shooter. And prior to tonight, I've repeated this all over the place. When you remove game two against Utah, where he shot six of 10 from three prior to tonight, he was 11 of 48 in the postseason from the three point line 11. So he added five more. So, I mean, he had 17 total. So he added five more to his postseason total tonight. And the looks that the like the Warriors are giving him these looks. Yeah, his shots are lightly contested because they don't want him to beat them off the drive. So yeah, he has to take them to keep them honest. And one of the things he did much better that I was really grateful for was it, it, it didn't hold up the possession. Sometimes I think the Mavericks really want to milk the clock to to you know just slow down the pace. 
But yeah. if if somebody's getting if if uh, Brunson's getting like the Looney switch or whatnot, and Looney's at the free throw line and Brunson's at the three, he has to take it. He just has to, and he did. And that part was really nice. Um, him and yeah, yeah. I mean, him and Luca scoring what is it, seventy three of the one hundred and seventeen points is really something. Like Reggie Bullock obviously played quite the special basketball game after being a, a pretty awful. Um, Luca was statistically all. Uh, outstanding obviously um had eight assists which the assists come off a lot of the threes that he's throwing these guys you know you know and and that's where it's like they just the role players just have to hit shots um and and he continued to willingly make the pass which is something that that pleased that really pleased me i wish i do think he would like to have probably five or six of those possessions from the third quarterback because he went you know he scored 18 points in the first quarter one point in the second quarter and then he scored a bunch in the fourth i don't know how many he scored in the third but that's where you know the mavericks just need like like this is not again how do you criticize guys 42 points on offense the mavs need need him to to stop isolating on these guys he's not scoring on like i don't yeah. know what they're seeing but that's that's a thing between him and jason kidd because like you said maybe kid wants it maybe uh maybe igor wants it maybe luca wants it and thinks he can get it um uh, then it but where the only place where i think luca really struggled again and it's hard for me to be too too critical of him here was on defense where curry hunted him ruthlessly yeah. Well, and they tried to do some stuff, like especially late. I think in the third, uh, they where they tried to like pre-switch him sometimes with some guys, um, and so. But he ended up the way the rotations ended up is Luca ended up as the rim protector in those switches, yep. uh, and it was it was bad. Um, that was where a lot of those like just easy handoffs to people in the dunker spot happened. Um, so they've got to get that figured out. I mean, like something where he's kind of stepping up at the at the point of attack or at the screen um being a little bit more aggressive out there and holding his own because if they if they have to switch like that it, it's it's going to be brutal the 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 thing that worries me with that is i think the two teams that they've played before here phoenix and utah uh those teams kind of move the ball more side to side on the court um and the warriors have this ability to move it stretch it kind of not vertically because that, you know, but just the lengthwise of the court, they, they were pulling Dallas so far out on screens, like mm -hmm. really deep, like logo. And that created so much space in the middle of the court, like in the paint area. Yep. Um, and, and I think Dallas, that that's where the talent deficit on Dallas is starting to show up uh, because I think those guys, when they're asking them to, you know, the Dallas defense is built so much on guys moving, uh, uh, you know, getting back on rotations and, you know, getting across the other side of the court to handle, you know, somebody else's shooter. Um, I think they can do it when it's a side to side, you know, the, the, the narrow side of the court. But when you're talking, you're asking like Maxi Kleber to go all the way up to the logo to defend us, you know, on a screen sure. and then run down back to the paint. It's no, just it's too much, it's, you know? And so that's, that's the thing that worried me because the, the Warriors have the, unique ability to do that because of clay and, and Steph being able to hit such deep three pointers um, that you have to respect that. Um, so that, that, that. Well, and it, it clearly yeah. wears Dallas down over time too, mm -hmm. because the things that started happening in the third and the fourth quarters, where it's just like every single Mavericks player is getting beat off of single dribble moves. That was much more frustrating. 
much more frustrating to me than say Clay Thompson coming off a screen at the top of the key with Maxi trailing the help or bump not being there. That's frustrating, but it's like over time, I get how these Mavs can make mistakes on that sort of stuff where, you know, because like it it just, it happens because guys make mental mistakes on help, but the one-on-one where you're getting beat, like Maxi charged out in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty close to being decided and I got to go find it. It's like one of their rookies um, who he was fouled. It, or, was it Moody? Yeah. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. like, what What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you like, why are you charging him like that? And it's like those sorts of mental mistakes, which the Mavericks made a lot of as a team. Like that's much more frustrating than getting beat by good offense. Um, yeah. Especially, like I said, when you're losing those battles because of composure like you're talking about in that situation mm-hmm. where you know why are you closing out so hard on a guy who has no right you know if it's curry cool like we understand why you would be doing that but you know someone a rookie no there's no need for that but they just get caught up they're just so i don't want to say the moment feels too big for them but i just think this the warrior i don't think it's the moment so much as the warriors are just so it's such a different uh, style of offense than they've been playing against the last two rounds. Oh, yeah. and it's just really thrown them off. Yeah. And I mean, I'm more getting beat by the Warriors. There's no shame in that because they're quite literally a deeper team with three Hall of Famers on it. The Mavericks have one lottery pick. Like, I don't, this is just, it's a different, it's, it, it's a different degree of, of, or it's a different pedigree between the two teams. And so, I find myself frustrated at how they lost, but that they lost in general, it's like when you're playing, you know, they're the fourth seed, the Warriors are the three seed. Like these things happen for a reason over time. I I, I don't know. Uh, oh God, this is a terrible stat. Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, and Reggie Bullock all hit five plus three-pointers in the Mavericks lost. The Mavericks are the first team in <laughs> NBA postseason history to have three players record at least five three-pointers and lose the game. Yeah. That... Man. That's a crushing stat, man. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, again, the, you talked about positives. Luca, I, Luca seems to be kind of figuring out uh, Wiggins a little bit. You know, he seems to be adjusting to the way Wiggins is guarding him, at least in the first half. Again, they went away from what they were doing in this in, in the in the second half. Um, but he does. I, I, the first game, it seemed like Wiggins was giving him a little bit of a problem. Um, on drives and he does seem to be overcoming that um, he seems to fi- have figured out how to kind of get to his spot against Wiggins so I, I like that I, that was encouraging to me especially in the first half I was like oh cool he's completely figured out Wiggins and then I guess they decided they didn't like that and wanted to get away from that so. I don't understand it I mean like Wiggins is probably going to do a good a job as anybody can because he's super lengthy super fast and super athletic but it's it's a it's a challenge over time thing where Luca's just going to wear him out. One thing I do wish I still haven't seen the Mavericks do is try to get Luca any kind of real post ups. Yeah, um, I don't understand why that's not happening. I mean, probably there's length reasons that I'm not seeing, but it's just it's it's something that's out there. Well, this sucks. Oh well. Yeah. Well, do you do you yeah. have any any parting shots? Uh, I'm not completely down in the dumps yet because they were down 2-0 to Phoenix and I really thought things were pat you know I think I thought things were wrapped at when they were down 2-0 to Phoenix I thought maybe they'd get one in Dallas sure. and they ended up winning the series so um I don't understand this Mavericks team at all I uh, completely how they keep winning blows my mind because I have at least four to five times in the last two months have 
you know, left them for dead. So uh, I literally can't quit on this team until, you know, they oh, lose for sure. four games. So, I mean, it, it's really – usually I'm, you know, kind of clinical about these things. I'm like, no, they're going to, you know, here's why they'll lose or here's why they'll win. And I, I got nothing at this point. You know, like they, they seem to have some miraculous ability to come back from the dead. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm still – I they're like the zombie Mavericks to me. I don't think they're dead until they're, you know, they're the body stops moving. So. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, thanks Ben for joining me while Josh is uh, off uh, having a real life. Um, he and I'll be back on Sunday night where the Mavericks will host their uh, first Western conference playoff uh, game. Um, last time they, they, did they host Western conference? I guess it was against Phoenix in 2011. That sounds right. No, no, it was uh, the Thunder. Was was Thunder uh, Western was, Conference Finals? Yeah, it was an upstart Thunder. Dude, that was a hell of a series. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back for that with plenty of stuff. I mean, we'll see how much we do over the weekend. I know Doyle's writing something right now. I asked um, I asked our guy Lucas Q to uh, maybe put – one thing Luke has a tendency to do is just not – this is a criticism, but it's like a minor criticism. Luca loves trying to stop runs with setback threes. Like he he only had five missed threes tonight. So it, but I I think at least four of his misses were on those kind of shots. Yeah. So he he loves his step back. Three. It's a it's when it goes in, it's awesome to see, man. It's just so frustrating when he like misses two or three in a in a row. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure, man. All right. We'll talk a little later, Ben. You've been great. This has been Kirk Henderson and Ben at MavsMoneyBall.com. Stop by and read the site and look for a group therapy probably posting around lunchtime tomorrow. Everybody be good and we'll talk to you Sunday night. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.